for that. Isn't that awesome? Listen, if you know someone between the ages of 6th grade and 12th grade, please invite them to come out for a little competitive fun this Saturday, January 4th. It's our Crosstown Student Ministry Games. And um, I'll just say that our household is a divided household in that. I have two children in that age group, and they're on separate teams, even though I beg for them to be on the same team. But it's all good. It's worked out, and it's a lot of fun. So um, we are glad that you guys are here this morning. Let me just take a second to introduce myself to you if you are visiting with us. My name is Stacy McLean, and my husband Chris and I have been calling Crosstown home for over 16 years now, and um, I get to be on staff here and a part of the teaching team, and so I am excited to be with you guys this morning. Um, we just came out of the Christmas season and finished our series called See. If you missed any of that, I encourage you to go back. We have it all on video. You can watch the videos. You can listen to the podcast. It was just a really great um, time of looking at our perspective and our focus. And so it blessed my heart through the holiday season. And if you missed any of that, I encourage you to go back and check those out. But we find ourselves in this time period in between Christmas and before New Year's. It's kind of like, I mean, come on, you guys know. It's like the dead period, right? It's just like, how am I the only one? And, and first of all, let me also say, how many of you are second service people? Is there anyone... All right, give it up, second service people. Yeah. Listen, we only have one service this morning, and so some of us that like to get up and roll in at 11, y'all, 915 is a whole lot different than 11, okay? It's, it's a lot different. So, But, and on top of it, we're in the middle of this period between Christmas and New Year's where you're kind of just like, oh. <laughs> so, and we think this is also a time where we're thinking back on 2019 and or the past year, what has it been like? So a few weeks ago, it's probably been about three or four weeks ago, I have a teenage daughter named Emma, and she and I were sitting there talking, and she said, hey, mom, what's your, what's your Spotify wrap-up look like? And I try to be a really cool mom, so I was like, well, I don't know, what's yours look like? Because <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about. What she was asking me, for those of you who may be in my age range, what she was, age range, she was asking me, um, Spotify is a music service that we subscribe to. And so they go through your music history and they will send you your year-end wrap-up. Like, what did you listen to in 2019? So I'll just help you out because if you're my age or a little bit older, what we called that was a mixtape. 
You guys got mixtapes? You remember mixtapes? Yeah, exactly. That's where I'm coming from. I remember clearly, like probably on my 10th wedding anniversary, burning a CD of my favorite music from my husband and giving it to him. So, you know, that's where I stand. But now, if you subscribe to a music service like Spotify or Pandora or Apple Music, probably they sent you an email telling you what your year looked like, what kind of playlist you listened to. Um, and I love the way Spotify did it. So Emma's asking me about mine. She comes in, she goes, guess what? I said, what? I'm, I'm genre fluid, mom. I was like, okay, what? <laughs> just meant she listened to a lot of different music. So Spotify tells you what genre you prefer to listen to. It also tells you things like how many different countries um, the artists come from that you listen to. And I thought I was doing really, really well because I had listened to artists from 28 different countries. That's impressive. Until I saw Deanna and Emma's Spotify and they'd listen to like 40 different countries. And I was like, Yep, nope, definitely still in a different generation from them. But Spotify also breaks it up in how much, um, in what season. So what were you listening to in the winter? What did you listen to in the fall, in the spring? And I think it's really cool that Spotify does this. I think it's really neat. And if you've got a music service that you subscribe to, I encourage you, check it out. It's kind of fun to see what you listened to last year or in the middle of the year or what the most common song was that played. The other thing it does on Spotify is it tells you how how many minutes you spent listening to music or podcast? Oh, 39,000. 39,000 minutes I spent listening to music through Spotify. That's just Spotify music that I listen to. Um, but it's really interesting that they do this. But the truth is, all of us have a playlist from 2019. Every single one of us has something that we were listening to in 2019 because we're always listening to something. And the main thing that we listen to is right here, what goes on in our thoughts, what goes on in our head. So think back over 2019. What was the number one thought that you listened to in 2019 about yourself, about your circumstances, about those around you? And that'll give you an idea of what your playlist looked like. Um, for some of us, when we think back over 2019, our playlist is made up of thoughts about bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, anger, or this is a big one for me, disappointment. That was a big one near the end of the year that kept playing in my mind over and over and over again. Some of us, though, think back to 2019, and we think, no, we had a pretty good year. I mean, I, I forgave that person that offended me. I was kind. I was charitable. I, um, did, I was full of joy. And if that was your year, that's awesome, too. Wherever you're coming from today, God has something he wants to speak to you today about going into 2020 and how we can approach 2020. Because the truth is, whether your year was made up of playing the same thoughts of jealousy and disappointment and unforgiveness, or whether your year was made up of love and charity and kindness and goodness, wherever it was, we can't stay there. We have to, to keep moving and, and thinking about our playlist. And actually, when you think about your playlist and you think about what you thought about, this isn't something new for us. The Apostle Paul actually um, tells us what to think about and what to do with our playlist because we have this. We can think back over 2019, and I am sure most of us 
have already or will in the next couple of days be thinking back over what 2019 looked like and what we hope 2020 will look like. And the Apostle Paul, he writes a letter to this church um, in Philippi, and it's a short little letter. It's what we call the book of Philippians. And in this letter, he is encouraging them to stay committed. He's writing a letter to believers, so to people who have already given their life to Christ, and he is wanting to encourage them to stay committed in that. And so he tells us in this letter what we need to do with our playlist. Philippians 3 is where we're going to start with, and that's going to be our primary verse that, verses that we're going to be looking at. If you've got your Bible, you can open them to Philippians 3. If not, you've got our app. We've got a connection right there to an online Bible feel free to follow along, but the verses will also be behind me on the screen. But listen to what the Apostle Paul says, because he's telling us no matter what your playlist was, no matter what 2019 held for you, this is what we need to do. And this is what he says, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to take, have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. I really love that last verse there. That's really what jumped off the page, and we're going to get into that in just a bit. But that last verse says, and if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you. So if you come in this morning and you're feeling a little bit torn or you're battling some thoughts in your head or you don't have clarity, I want you to take hold of that verse, and I want that verse to be what you take hold of as you go into 2020, because we serve a God who, when we think differently, will give us clarity. He will make it clear to us. So, you know, basically the Apostle Paul is telling them, look, it doesn't matter whether what you've done up until this point was a success or a failure. We are not going to focus on looking back and looking what was behind us. Because if you're like me, when I have a big success, I'm, I'm just going to ride that wave of success. I'm going to just stay right there and be like, that was good, that was good. I like to really think about what just happened instead of being in the moment and looking forward. And the Apostle Paul is encouraging them, look, whether it was a success or whether it wasn't, you have not obtained the perfect life. None of us have the perfect life. None of us are finished yet. We need to press on towards the goal of Christ Jesus. This verse, he's telling them, look, Christ has taken hold of you. He has grabbed hold of you. You grab hold of him and keep moving forward. That's, that is what he's telling them. If you feel like last year was a success, Praise God for that and move forward. If you feel like last year was a failure for you, receive the grace of God, praise him, and keep moving forward. That is what we're called to do. We are not called to stay where we are. Wherever you are in your walk with Christ, he doesn't want you staying there. He wants you to keep moving forward. That's the reason the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church at Philippi, because he wanted to encourage them, stay committed, keep moving forward, wherever you are. 
Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep following after him. I know it's a lot easier said than done because if you are like me, you have made multiple goals and resolutions and have not always followed through with them. It's so much easier to stand up here and say, just keep moving forward, put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving forward. But sometimes it's really hard to do that. How, how are we supposed to do that? How can we keep moving forward? I'm so glad you asked that question because the Apostle Paul has an answer to that question. He tells us just a few verses later exactly how we can do that. Because remember, when we think differently, God will make it clear to us. And then just a few verses later in Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, I think a lot of us are in a similar boat where We come to church on Sunday morning and we hear a really encouraging word or we hear a word that convicts our heart. But then we walk out and we're not exactly sure how to put that in practice. Or we think, that's just too hard. I can't because I'm going to fail again. I'm going to mess up again. I'm going to make another mistake. And all of that is probably true. We will. I will fail people in 2020 because I am human and I make mistakes. You are human and you make mistakes. But what we are to do is to put into practice these things, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, that's what our playlist should be about. Those are the things that we should be thinking upon and the God of peace will be with me. So we need to work on creating our playlist in 2020. And when we do that, those songs are the ones that need to be on repeat. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. And the reason we're doing that is not to earn our salvation. Please hear me in this. This is not about salvation. Salvation is a free gift from God. It is given freely to anyone who is ready to receive the grace of God. That is what salvation is. This is about growing in Christ. See, I think um, growing up in the South and being raised in the Bible, about, it's a lot about get saved, get saved, get saved, salvation, salvation. And salvation is of the utmost importance. But what happens after salvation is just as important. Me growing in Christ. I read a quote last week that said, God loves to watch things grow. Isn't that awesome? He loves to watch things grow. He loves that. That's why he created the idea of a seed that gets put in the ground and takes time to grow into a tree that will then produce fruit. He loves to watch things grow. And we are to grow up in Christ, in maturity. And that's what this is talking about, that playlist. Throughout the, Old, the New Testament, we're told over and over again to continue to run the race, to have endurance, to press on towards the goal of Christ Jesus and being able to take hold of him. Because the reality is, if you've given your life to Christ, he has taken hold of you and nothing will rip you out of his hands. Nothing. Nothing. 
Not death, not life, not failure, not success. Nothing you do will separate you from the love of God. He has taken hold of you, but what the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to do is to take hold of Christ, to grow up in our knowledge of Christ, to gain understanding about God's truth so that we can create a playlist to be able to think about whatever is excellent whatever is worthy, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable. And so what the New Testament tells us over and over again to do is to put it into practice. We need to begin practicing thinking rightly because some of us do not think rightly. Most of us do not think rightly. And you know, when I was thinking about this whole Spotify thing, I don't know how many of you have music services that you subscribe to, but you'll relate if you do. So when I listen to things on Spotify, it starts suggesting other things for me to listen to based on my history of what I've already listened to. And I'm just going to confess it, and you can make fun of me if you want to. I listen to worship music. It's just what I listen to because I have to because... um, it's what helps my mind stay focused. And so it typically will, will suggest that I listen to other worship music. But when Kanye West came out with his Jesus is King, so it just started seeing, oh, she's listening to Kanye West. Well, then it started suggesting that I listen to them other stuff that is not so much like what I would typically listen to. Hey, listen, if you listen to anything else, that's cool too. I'm just saying for me, it wasn't. But, but Spotify starts suggesting that. You know what the reality is? Our brain does that too. Our brain starts suggesting thought patterns to us based on what we've already thought about. There are well-worn paths in your brain that have been laid because of the thoughts that we have had. If you take the same path from your driveway to your front door and say it's a grass area and you walk across it every single day, It's a well-worn path, and our brains work the same way. So whatever thoughts typically have been coming to you, unless you put into practice what the Apostle Paul is talking about, then you're going to think the same thoughts. Then you're going to allow your brain to suggest the same thoughts to you. And that's really the truth of what it is. Back in like 1976, there was a psychologist named Aaron Beck, and he proposed a theory behind cognitive distortions. So he decided, you know what? I think as humans, we have some cognitive distortions. (laughs) Yep, no duh. Of course we have cognitive distortions. I don't think rightly. That is not something that this guy discovered in 1976 that was brand new. But then later in the 1980s, this other guy decided he would start identifying our cognitive distortions, the way that we think improperly. And the truth is, the Bible's been telling us that we don't think rightly unless we put our mind to Christ. Unless we submit our thoughts to Christ, we aren't thinking rightly. We do have some cognitive distortions. So let's take a look at just a few of these cognitive distortions. I want to see if you can relate to any of them like I related to them. So the first one they came up with and they named is called filtering. And this is the idea that negative details are magnified while positive details are eliminated. So anything negative that happens is just magnified in our mind and it eliminates anything positive. For example, maybe this morning you spilled your coffee and you immediately thought, my day is ruined. I'm just going to tell you, this this happened to me on Christmas morning because Christmas morning we're up early and so I need a strong cup of coffee. Do you know what my coffee pot did to me on Christmas morning? It brewed hot water 
for whatever reason, it decided not to grind the beans and thought I wanted a cup of hot water. And I thought, that's it, Christmas is ruined. I have no hot coffee and Christmas is ruined. Thank goodness my husband saved the day. But that's called filtering. That's a cognitive distortion that we all struggle with. Another one is called polarized thinking. Thoughts become black and white, all or nothing. I always mess things up. I'll never do it right. You know, those extremes. And again, I fall into this too. People make fun of me all the time. They're like, oh really? That's the best chocolate cake you've ever eaten? That's what you said last week about the chocolate cake you ate. But we have this idea of polarizing thinking. The other one is overgeneralizing. So a person can come to a conclusion based on a single incident or a piece of evidence. So we overgeneralize things. For instance, maybe you fail a test and then you say, I am a failure and I will always fail. Because of one thing that happened, you're making a general statement about yourself or the environment around you. Another one, maybe this is just for us ladies, I don't know, but um, it's called jumping to conclusions. Basically, we can read your mind. And if you look at me a certain way, then I know that you're disappointed in me or you're upset with me or you're frustrated with me. Anybody relate to that one, jumping to conclusions? Okay, it's a cognitive distortion. We don't have to fall into it anymore. It is not proper thinking. Another one is catastrophizing, which means thinking that a disaster is always about to strike. Always having this mindset, thinking, oh yeah, something bad is about to happen. I'm gonna lose my job. The church is gonna flood. I mean, that's an easy one for us to think from time to time, isn't it? We have to actively fight against that, even as recently as Christmas Eve and um, Christmas Day. A couple of others are blaming, thoughts that lead us to blame others. That's a cognitive distortion. Now, sometimes other people are at fault for things, but our minds become distorted when our main focus is all about what you did to me and how you did that wrong to me. Uh, another one is emotional reasoning. And this one is so true too. Allowing our emotional thoughts to determine truth. If we feel a certain way, then it must be true. Emotional reasoning. Our thoughts do not determine truth. But have you ever felt a certain way and tried to actively not feel that way? Last night, Clemson played a football game and I actively tried not to be anxious. I mean, I, active, I couldn't though. It was a very anxiety provoking game for us last night. But this idea of however I feel, that determines the truth, that's not true. Um, it's, you know, I feel like I don't belong, therefore I really don't belong and nobody likes me. Anybody relate to that? I feel like I don't fit in, so therefore that must be true because it's the way I feel. No, that's a cognitive distortion. It's improper thinking in our minds. And what I want to encourage us today is that if we have been going down these well-worn paths of these cognitive distortions and we've walked them over and over again, a sense that we don't belong, a sense that we're a failure, a sense that the world would be better off without us, that we constantly make mistakes, that the whole thing is ruined, that something terrible is going to happen in 2020, I want to encourage you today, you do not have to fall into those cognitive distortions. We all deal with them, but it's not something that we have to continue. And actually, the Apostle Paul, again, knew that we would think improper thoughts. He knew that our minds had a tendency to go down well-worn paths that would lead us to places of feeling helpless, feeling hopeless, feeling despair. Anybody ever been there? 
The Apostle Paul knows that, and so he tells us in 2 Corinthians what we can do and how we can win this battle. He says, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons that we have as children of God have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's the truth of God's word. There is no cognitive distortion in that. That is true. Above what you feel, above what you are thinking right now, the truth is the weapons that we have to fight with will destroy strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And listen, I know a lot of you sitting here today, you have heard that verse over and over and over again, almost to the point where it, it maybe even becomes numb to you. If you were in mentorship with us, we spend an entire month talking about thought life, and that's what we think, we talk about that. Bring your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And it sounds really good, but if reality comes, then I think, yeah, but I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. But what I need to do is not fall into that cognitive distortion of I can't do this. I need to remember that the weapons that God has given me to fight with will destroy every stronghold. And it's an active thing that we need to be involved in. We have to be involved in this. Do not let Spotify or Pandora or your mind tell you what you're going to think in 2020. Become active, create your own playlist, involve yourself in God's word. So we need to come up with a game plan. We need to come up with what our 2020 playlist is going to look like. So there are a couple of things that we can do to be proactive in creating our playlist. Because if you are not proactive in it, I promise you nothing is going to change. 2019 and 2020 will look the same if we do not become proactive, if we do not change the way we think. And I know it is hard to do that, and we cannot do that on our own. But the first step in creating our own playlist is recognize the battle. Some of us don't recognize that we have cognitive distortions. You need to recognize that some of the thoughts that you have are lies, they're distorted realities, they are not true. And I know that is hard to imagine because they feel so real to us. That, that sense that I don't belong, that I don't fit in, that I'm weird, that I'm different than everybody else, there must be something wrong with me. It's kind of an underlaying thought that just sits there and then other ideas form on top of that. That cannot be our foundation. We have to recognize that that is an improper thought. Our foundation needs to be, we are who Christ says we are. If you have given your life to Christ, you are a child of God. You have been given every power and authority to break every stronghold through Jesus Christ. That's the reality. That needs to become our foundation. We are his. He has taken hold of us. It doesn't matter if you don't feel that. Remember, emotional reasoning is a cognitive distortion. So you've got to recognize there is a battle that we are fighting. There is a battle of our thoughts. 
Some of us just give in to every thought we have or we'll kind of suppress it and pretend that it's not there. But the reality is it keeps going over and over. It's like that song that plays on repeat in our mind. And we have to first recognize that there's a battle. Second, we need to remember God's truth. What does God's word say? What are the promises of God? What has God promised me in his word? And some of us, that means we've got to get in his word and see what those promises are because he never promised you a perfect life. There's not a single promise in scripture that says that I'm going to have a perfect life and my kids are going to be perfect and my kids are not going to ever get in trouble and they're going to make straight A's and my husband and I are always going to say, hi, honey, welcome home and the house is going to be clean. God never promised me any of that. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome this world. That's the promise. That when you face trials, when you face trouble, the reality is Jesus Christ has overcome it. When you face death, and I know it's a reality for us, guess what? Death has lost its sting. It no longer has a hold over us because Jesus Christ conquered it when he rose from the grave and he set the captives free. So we have to remember God's truth. We have to remember God's promises. And if you don't know, and I don't, this is, this is true for me. If you don't know five promises of God that you can just spout like that, I encourage you, and I want you guys to hold me accountable for this in 2020. I want to get to a point where I know five promises of God that I can grab a hold of and that I can hold on to over 2020, no matter what I face. In the good days and in the bad days, I want to be able to have five promises of God that I can hold on to because we have to remember God's truth. We have to remember that, and then we have to redirect our thoughts. See, Cognitive distortion means that we're going down these same thought patterns over and over. They're well-worn. And so we have to actively be involved, like the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians. We have to take captive every thought that stands against the knowledge of God and make it obedient to Christ. I don't belong. I don't fit in. That's a lie. I'm going to take that and I'm going to make it obedient to Christ. I belong because God has called me out and said that I belong to the family of God. It doesn't matter how I feel. We have to work on redirecting our thought process. I know you're thinking, yep, been there, done that, been in church for 40 years. I've heard this over and over again. Got to know God's truth. Got to redirect my thoughts. It doesn't matter. It's not going to work for me. If you are there, I want to encourage you. Have you invited God to change your thought process? Have you invited God into this process? Remember what it says in Philippians 3.15. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. See, if you see this and you hear this and you walk away thinking, it's going to work for her, it's going to work for him, it's not going to work for me. Then I want you to just remember Philippians 3.15. Ask God to make it clear to you. He, that is a promise of God. He says, if on some point you think differently, if you have a cognitive distortion, that too God will make clear to you. He will make clear to you clear vision, clear sight for how he feels about you what he knows to be true about you. See, the truth is God knows us better than we know ourselves. If I depended on what I think about myself, there is no way I would ever step foot on this stage. 
What I depend on is what God knows about me and what God has said about me. And God has said, I am a child of God. I am beloved. I belong to the family of God. And because of that, he has infused me with the Holy Spirit to be empowered to share his good news. Because the truth is, this world is too perilous And our gospel of God is too glorious not to do this. And so I just want to encourage you, wherever you find yourself this year, keep your focus on God. Remind yourself of who he is and who he says that we are. In the uh, 20 years that we've been here, I don't think I've ever interrupted a speaker before. But let me just tell you why I'm interrupting her. And maybe this is the crowd that we have is that while she was speaking, God prophetically spoke to me, and you would say, well, what is that? Is that it's when God, in an online type of way, speaks to a human mind. It's part of our biblical theology. It was in the Old Testament and the New Testament. That everything that Stacy just said to us was not just prescriptive of what you should do to have a better year, that it will be necessary for most people to survive 2020. Um, that God wants you to know that what you just heard was not just a really good outline prescription of how to think better. That there will be events that will come into everybody's life in 2020. This is not to scare you. This is to prepare you from the Lord. And I'm, I came up because God had spoken into my heart while I was listening to Stacey speak. And also for the second reason that sometimes you can think that the second speaker is not as authoritative as the first speaker of a church. Uh, but I want to put a stamp of uh, urgency on what she spoke on today that your thoughts are going to be challenged in 2020. Your endurance is going to be challenged in 2020. Your life is going to require you to think in such a way that you have five promises of God that you will be able to recall instantly. You will need those five promises of God. Not because your life is going to get miserable, because success can destroy you as quickly as pain can. So let me encourage you, everything that you heard today, I have never done this in 20 years, that the notes will be online, that you can get on your app, that everything she spoke to us today is not only prescriptive, but it is descriptive of what is going to take place in the future of our lives and that we need to do this. This is, and so next week, I'm going to take what she just taught me and taught every one of us, and we're going to build and expand on it a little bit more. Um, I, I'm just glad that you folks are here. I wasn't expecting anything today. I'm hungover just like the rest of you. Um, but it is really amazing that when you expect nothing, not that I expect nothing from her, but, uh, but you know, I came in, yeah, yeah, you know, we got, you know, first string over here, second string's up, let's just do that. And all of a sudden, second string scores a touchdown and changes the game. That's amazing. And uh, so I really believe... I really believe this small little crowd here today, whether you're a Crosstown person or not, I think every one of us heard from God today. We did not just hear a good sermon. I'm going to go back and look at those those distortions, cognitive distortions. Man, I was in like, like three out of five of them. The lies that I believed that altered the past. 
Thank you, Stacy, so much. Father, as we enter into this moment with you, we just thank you for the openness in this tiring moment that Stacy just, just heard from you so well and then communicated it with such accuracy. I thank you for the gift of Stacy. But even more, God, we thank you for the faithfulness of your word that in between two holidays and after watching football all night, Lord God, in the middle of a tired day, the word of truth was spoken to us. You spoke into our lives. And I know personally that some of the people here, 2019 was a year of loss. Loss in marriage, loss in friendship, loss in finance, loss in health. And that has become the filter by which you look at 2020. And God has prophetically spoken to you today that he wants to tear down and demolish that argument against your life and give you hope in Christ. So as we come in this moment and we receive the bread and we dip it into the cup, we are stirring our minds to remembrance, not only of the past that Christ died, Christ rose, and Christ will come again, but we stir ourselves to the reality that he is in this moment with us, directing our step, guiding us, wanting to give us new thoughts, to give us hope and a future. So Father, we step into this, this moment of life. We open our minds and our hearts so that you can change the path of our future. We thank you, Father. Let me encourage you to come and receive communion. Maybe take a thought that you've been you know, doing with your life, like whether it's a filtering or a jumping to a conclusion or any one of those things, just, just pin it to the cross that I will no longer allow this to determine the future of my life. Let this be a moment when you remember that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the path of your life is not your own. It has been bought with a price. Father, we thank you and enter into the sacred, life-changing moment together.